0: In there, uh, you can see I got a bunch of uh, fill-in-the-blanks in there, so hopefully that will help you uh, follow uh, along as, as we kind of, um, you know, take a look at this passage this morning and, you know, we'll do it in kind of a different way. The hope, honestly, the hope in the prayer is that we can come out, hopefully come out this morning and just be a little bit more encouraged by how much, man, God loves us and how much we mean to Him. It's always good to be in that place and reflect on that. Because the longer we can stay in that place and reflect on that and live in that reality, that's what changes us. That's what changes us. All of a sudden we don't act the same. We don't want to respond the same. We don't want to be short with people. We, we actually want to be more patient. You know, we want to be more understanding. We actually want to lend the listening ear not because of what we can get at it but because we want to. You know, it's just His love changes us. And we sit and think about the source of that love, it changes a lot. It changes a lot. So let's take a look. Christmas story. Let's see. Luke chapter 2. Verse 1. We'll pick up verse 1. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So this was the first census that took place while Kyrnus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. He is Christ, Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which were just as they had been told. So in your bulletin there, right, in your bulletin there, we'll go out of order. Sometimes I like to be abstract random. So at the bottom there, you see the fill in the blanks there at the bottom. We could blank Christmas entirely if we are not guilty of. We could miss Christmas entirely if we are not guilty of Luke 2.19. We could miss Christmas entirely if we are not guilty of Luke 2.19. What does Luke 2.19 say? Well, i to say what. It says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. We can miss Christmas if we are not do not get a chance to ponder these things in our hearts, to ponder, to sit down, to think about, to reflect, and to go over and spend time with God during Christmas. It can be missed. It can definitely be missed. And so for the Christian, um, Christmas is a huge day Because the Savior of the world has decided to enter the world that he helped to create. And there's a lot of messages there. A lot of messages there. And the Holy Spirit that lives in a Christian wants to communicate to you, speak to you, teach you about the nature of the Father. So the Holy Spirit that lives in you wants to desperately connect with the Holy Spirit that is here and runs this world. It desperately wants to connect and communicate and be edified and be uplifted and to be strengthened. And so we talk about our spirits being uplifted and strengthened and edified, right? It only happens from spending time with God. And so during a special day and a special moment, we could definitely miss Christmas in the heart of the Father if we don't get some time, man, and just get alone and just think about this stuff. Think about how a perfect God could come here from where he was and then why he did it. And then when did this process start and why would God do that? And why are these angels singing glory to God in the highest? And on earth peace to man on whom his favor. Like why would they sing that? The king of heaven just left. Why would they be happy about him leaving? Like what's going on here, you know? And what does that communicate to me? And what does God want to speak through me in my life through Christmas to those that are around me? We never enter into any of that unless we just ponder these things in our hearts and get along with God and be with Him and just be with Him it's a sad Christmas to be able to go around and get lots of gifts and hang out with lots of people and even be really nice and even be generous and not spend like two minutes with our Savior and King that's not really a great Christmas and Christmas is like means like so much stuff now you know what I mean? It's like, ah, eh, it's a good Christmas, bad Christmas. You know, well, I got what I wanted, so a great Christmas. Like, ugh, you know. Or I didn't get what I want, so not a good Christmas. You know, not good. Or, Oh, you know, the family, you know, was fighting and not getting along, you know, at the Christmas table. And so it was a bad Christmas. And, eh, you know, it makes it difficult, that's for sure. But there's so much more than just to the actual day and to the gifts and to all the other stuff. And there's a particular message that the Holy Spirit wants to actually speak to your hearts that He just wants to deliver right to you and encourage and bless and strengthen and uplift your heart. And it can't come from a pastor, from a missionary, some other person. It needs to be first-hand information alone with the King. And man, Christmas could be missed if that doesn't happen. It's a sad thing. So I want to make sure that we're guilty this morning of pondering and thinking about this awesome father and what he's doing. That's good, right? So this is not like a substitute, you know, to not do it at all later. But hopefully it will be helpful for whatever you enter into with your king later. Because that's what the gospel is about. It's about just being in his presence and being with him always been about that, always will be about that. So now we go to the top of the page, because I was being alone with him and uh, hanging out with him this week, and man, my heart was just overwhelmed with some stuff, and I was was like, thank you, Lord, you know, we're going to be talking about that stuff on Sunday. So at the top of the page there, one, two, three, four, five, six fill-ins, God's blank and blank, not only blank, a blank, it blank, the blank. I don't care how good you are at you're not going to get all these. <laughs> right, we try and make them fairly challenging. God's goodness and love not only finds a way, it leads the way. God's goodness and love not only finds a way, it leads the way. God's goodness and love not only finds a way, it leads the way. Here's what's awesome about the Christmas story. Right, so you have, he didn't just make a way in a manger. This was like top priority. See, we were stuck. Right, we were in a place that we couldn't get out of. Sin was the problem, right? Couldn't get out of it. And God knew we were going to make the choices, and he knew what choices Adam was going to make. And the awesome thing was that it was a priority right from the very beginning to set into motion a Savior to come and set us free. Because Christmas is a story about freedom. It's a story about hope. It's a story about redemption. It's a story about grace. Not Rudolph, really. Right? Not really Santa Claus. So much more to the story. So much more. So in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3, verse 15. If you want, you can turn there. You don't have to. I'll read it for you. So this is right after Adam and Eve, they eat the fruit. What was the fruit? I don't know. But they ate the fruit they weren't supposed to eat. Was it an apple? Probably not. But they ate some fruit they weren't supposed to eat. But take a look. I'll start in 14. So so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl... On your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Right then and there, that is a prophetic word. That's God telling the future about what is going to happen with the woman and her offspring, which will eventually be Jesus, who will crush his head and Satan will try to attack and try to be successful. And that's why Herod sends out the edict to kill all the boys under two in the land, right? He will try to strike his heel, but he won't be successful. So here's the crazy thing. That thing's awesome about our father. So we're in the garden in the perfect environment. Everything's awesome and perfect, just the way it was supposed to be. We find a way to mess up because we're good at that. Anybody amen to that one? Because we're good at that and we find ways to do it. And then there's our father. Boom! Right away in the very beginning. And he's saying, listen, I know this paraphrase. Listen, I know this happened. I'm making a way, and you will be set free. Ah, I think that is great. Because if it's me, maybe if it's you, and you created a perfect environment for your kids or somebody that you loved. I mean, perfect. It's got inflatables everywhere. There's good food. It's safe. Like, it's all good. And then they just did like the one that You can do anything. Just don't do the one thing. And the, they do the one thing. I don't know if I'm necessarily sitting there immediately right away thinking of a way of how I can redeem them and set them free and cover them with grace. Who's doing that? Who's doing that? Not too many people. But our Father's doing that. That's the Christmas story. So like... We said his goodness and love not only finds a way, it wasn't just like trying to search out and find a way and how can I help them and how can I maybe set them right and set them free from sin. It was, no, it was priority from the very beginning from the garden. We're setting this thing in motion now. Right after they made a bad choice, I'm way ahead of you. I'm already setting in motion a way to set you free and get you out of this thing. Ah, oh, how awesome is that? encouraging is that? Might not hear that all the time, and it might not even be, I don't know, might even be difficult to think about God that way. We all have different backgrounds and different upbringings and been around different things, and that might not be the first thought of God, that he's constantly trying to find a way to shower us with love, goodness, mercy, and grace towards like an ocean, and we just can't even breathe in it There's so something but that's his desire, and that's how he feels towards us. This next one here, the next fill-in. A lot more blanks. It says, God knows that we will make choices that ensnare and enslave us, and he is concerned with getting us free and keeping us free God knows that we will make choices that can ensnare and enslave us he is concerned with getting us free and keeping us free he knows we're prone to make those decisions that's what the decision in the garden did it ensnared and enslaved them to sin one bad choice one thing, he's like, you know, do anything, have anything, just don't do this one thing. And of course, you know. And many times, we've been warned, we've been told. And the reality is, for many of us, for all of us, um, even a healthy fear of a lot of really bad consequences still will not deter us from doing something we really want to do. How many know that's true? If you want to do it, you're going to do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. You can tell me all the bad things that might happen. I'll just try and figure out a way to minimize maybe those bad things or like try and get around them. That's the way we're wired. That's the way that we're built. And God knowing that, I think it's just great that he just knows us that way. And what he wants to do is create a way not only where we can be free, he also wants to provide a way to where we can live in freedom. And that is the Christian life. that's the gospel. So the gospel is not about sitting in pew and coming to church, maybe hearing something, and then one day, maybe raising your hand or praying a prayer, saying, "Hey, we're good. Now I don't have to go to the H.E. double hockey stick place, and so like we're good now. So much more than just like a not go to hell prayer. Yes, he has provided that way to where we won't pay an answer for our own sins on the day of judgment. Say, I've been bought by the blood of the Lamb and I believe in it, I haven't lived my life perfect, but I've submitted my life to it. And Jesus is going to be right there, and yep, yep, that's my son, that's my daughter. And That's true. But the other part of the gospel is that the Holy Spirit then lives in us and the Christian is supposed to be headed towards a life of freedom where we get free of the grip of sin and get free from ourselves, the flesh. So we could actually enjoy life abundantly in the present now and then for eternity. It doesn't mean lots of dollar signs. Maybe they'll come in sometimes, maybe they won't. But it means being with the Savior, not being controlled by my wants, my desires, my emotions, my mindset. And becoming the love that has died for me, that has died for you. And then being okay with just giving my life away, to the Savior that has died for me, and saying, Lord, whatever you want to do. Because the most awesome thing Mary ever said that put her in the position to ponder was Luke one thirty-eight, was when she was told in a dream, hey, listen, uh, you're going to be pregnant. And she says, well, I'm your servant, you know, let it be done as you say. When the Christian can say, I'm your servant, just let it be done as you say we're in a good place. And we can give away our lives like that and get free from ourselves. That's amazing. And that's what Jesus said. When you actually give your life away, that's when you're actually going to find it. And we're not trying to hold it through little fingers and like just pry onto every little aspect and we can just give it away into his hands And get free from ourselves and get out of our own way. That is huge. So he's making a way for us to be free so we can actually enter into heaven that he created. But he also made a way so we actually live life with victory and with freedom now. That's the goal of the gospel. That's supposed to be the good news. That's the part that's supposed to grab the rest of the world and be like, wow, you are not the same person. What is your deal? Such and such is going on. Like, Why are you going to Bible study? Doesn't seem to be working out too good for you. You know, and the Christian comes back. Well, my circumstances like, are not going to determine if I'm showing up or not. I've already surrendered my life. Yeah, but such and such and such is going on. I'm trying to figure out how to bring Jesus to it. Yeah, then why are you going to church? Maybe God won't fix it. Maybe he won't. I'm now going to him and ask him to fix it. I want him to show me how I can be changed in the process of it. See, it's different. Like, he's totally different. And so many times, like, the gospel just gets reduced down, you know, to a prayer, and hopefully we say that prayer, and then, like, we can be good with God on Judgment Day. And that's, like, not the whole story. Not the whole story. Jesus came certainly to set us free and be in heaven so our name is in the book of life eventually. But a huge part of the work of the Spirit right now is to set us free and have our lives be dominated by the Spirit that lives in us. It's awesome. And it's my hope and prayer that we will continue right down that road and have that in our minds that, you know what? God, I'm in the process of being restored back to what was originally created to be without sin. Because that's the truth of the matter. We are being restored back. You're being restored back. Put your name in the blank. So like Jared is being restored back to the original Jared who's created to be without sin. That's the life I'm living right now with the Spirit inside of me. It's bringing me back, molding me back, sanding off the edges, cutting off the stuff that got in the way of the original Jared that got out of mind. And he's doing that with you. So you put your name in the blank. And maybe you got more baggage than me. Maybe you got less baggage than me. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. fact of the matter is, if you're a believer, the Spirit is doing that work. And hopefully we can just get out of the way and let Him do it. And then it's really beautiful when we actually... Want the Spirit to do it, and we actually get on board with what He wants to do in the first place. You with me? Are we good? Yeah, we're good. The last fillings here. I asked you a question. We're getting to the filling, I promise. Verse thirteen. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, on whom his favor rests. So you have this angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, on whom his favor rests. Then the angels, there's also other angels that are singing with them, and there's a huge multitude of them. So you have these shepherds in the field. They're like hanging out. And they just get blown away by this amazing sight of these angels singing and rejoicing, and they're telling them to go see this baby. What a night. So awesome. I scared the crap out of them, but it was awesome. So that happens, and I'm sitting there like, you know, with the Lord, and I'm like, God, what are they rejoicing about? Their king, their leader. The king of heaven just left. Why would they be so happy about him leaving his environment? They're built for heaven. That's where they function. That's where they live. And now their captain is like taking off. Why would you celebrate that? Could it be? Could it be that all of heaven sees it as a beautiful, amazing, joyous occasion to set into motion us in perfect reconciliation with the Father. Could it be all of heaven rejoices in that fact that me, that you, can be restored back to the Father and be in heaven together with them for all time? Ha. Oh. How, how do you not even get goosebumps thinking about that? It's not even just a God thing now. It's a whole heaven thing. This is the environment that's supposedly kind of living in us, right? The Spirit lives in us, but that's also where we're headed is that to that environment where they just rejoice that, oh, God has started this. He's making a way right now so they can come back to the Father so they're not stuck in their sins any longer. All of heaven rejoicing. It's amazing. It's amazing. This uh, this past week, um, I had a lot of time to chill out and relax. And so, uh, you know, I was watching some movies, you know, and Christmas movies. And, you know, you got your got your Christmas movies, you know, you got Home Alone, you know, we got, uh, you got, well, what what do we watch? We watch a lot of cartoons, I mean, that's just, you know, we got the little guys, yeah, the Christmas story, and then the kids want to shut that off, and now it's like Paw Patrol Christmas, you know, it's like all this weird stuff, and, but one of the ones I turned on was Elf, you know, I mean, it's just, that kind of entered into the, into the queue now, you know, and watching that, and and I'm just thinking about the idea of you know the holidays and Christmas movies and you know and what's up there and what people are watching and there's so many you know and it just uh, I was just thinking like when we actually see Christmas for what it is. Like what really is the most appropriate movie for Christmas? Like what should be in the queue? Because this is a radical story. It's a radical story of sacrifice. And honestly, what it really is, it's a father who's passionately pursuing his children, going through any possible way and any possible means to have them restored back to himself. That's the Christmas story. It's not necessarily about generosity. I mean, it's kind of that. You know, it's good to be generous. It's not even so much maybe about community. Like, it's it's kind of about that. It's about a father pursuing his kids. And wanting them back. And not wanting them tainted anymore. And saying, oh, I have this for you. And I know you're stuck in something. I want you back. I'm coming hard to get you. Like, that's the Christmas story. So I'm like, what movie, like, fits into that? I haven't seen every movie that's ever been made. But the first thing that came to my mind that I was thinking about was the movie Taken. Anybody ever see the movie Taken? Yeah, there's there's a bunch now, right? There's like three of them. Yeah, the third one's like just coming out. So if you haven't seen it, you should see it. I can't say like all the scenes are like great and like Christian, but I wanna say it's PG thirteen, I think. But even today, like you know. But the idea being that whole storyline in that movie is about a father. He's got a daughter. She gets sucked into the sex trafficking business, gets abducted, and the whole movie, Dad, is on a mission to find his daughter. I mean, he takes off the flight the next day and he's in some other country, and then he's in another country and he's beating up all these guys on the way, and you're like, yeah, you know, get him. You know? You're like rooting along. That's the Christmas story, is like taken. We have been taken. Sin has taken and hijacked us. One for eternity, two, for our heart, our souls, our minds, and emotions right now. Thinking life is all about us, and thinking that if we get what we want, like it's going to be okay, and it, ah, just all oh, this—we've been hijacked, man. Been taken. And that dad was not stopping, man. I mean, he was just a one-man mission. And there was no like if I maybe don't make it. That's why Heavenly Father is no if maybe we don't make it, we're doing this. This is happening. And Jesus is like, Yeah, we're doing this. We are doing this. It's happening. I'm going. Whatever it takes, Father, we're doing it. And he struggled once he got here. There's no joke, once he got here, you know, it was tough. And in the garden, he was even like. You know, before the cross, the Father, I don't want to. There's some other way, like, maybe we can figure it out now. But then he's like, Lord, no. The way you want, your will, let's do this thing. Like, that's the Christmas story. We have been taken, we were taken. But then a Messiah has been born, a way has been made for us to be restored back not even just for eternity, but to live an entirely different life right here and now. So the person that you think you are with the limitations that you think you have, it's not true. It's not true. Don't buy into the lie. The lies of you're not worthy, you don't have what it takes, you're not good enough, don't buy it. In that book, it says all things are possible for those that love Christ Jesus. Either it's true or it's not. Might take some time to figure out, but it's a promise, right? It's a promise. So the Christmas story is about a father passionately pursuing his children, going through whatever it takes to make sure he makes a way to set them free and keep them free. It's awesome. So I'm hoping that we will one, take some time and ponder that and get along with Father and like not miss like some Christmas that the Holy Spirit actually wants to speak and minister to your hearts. Because whatever he really wants to say to you is like partially coming through me. It's like secondhand information. What he really wants to say, he wants to give you first hand along with him. And that's more special and more alive than anything I could ever bring forward. I don't care what, I, what we had going on. And the other side of the coin is, if we have been set free for freedom, I hope we're not putting ourselves in places and in positions that would like not lead to freedom hopefully we're making decisions and putting ourselves in places and in situations that will help lead to the freedom that has been promised to us. Because even though eternity locked up and sealed up for the Christian, that's fine, but for the here and now, in order to enter into that freedom and walk in that, we've got to be a willing party. got to be a willing party. And that's the point of our church, right? That's the point of brothers and sisters to come alongside and say, man, I'm struggling. I don't know if I could do this. Or I'm thinking God's not going to do it. I don't know if he's going to come through. Honestly, I got more doubts. And then we come together in prayer and in faith and try and work this thing together. Because it's a shame to have eternity locked up with our Savior and miss an entirely free life that is available to us now. Because we're afraid of other people's opinions, because we have fears within ourselves, because we're really anxious, because we get overwhelmed. We don't have to stay there. Might have been a past pattern, doesn't have to be a future one. Doesn't have to be. And so I hope and pray that you, that I, we're taking some courageous steps to head towards... Freedom. Because he has set us free to be free. Not just later, but also now. It's a good father, right? It's a really good father. And then we want to like, you know, do Santa Claus and do Rudolph and throw other things in there. It's like, ah. Man, it's such a better story. Such a better story. So what we're going to do is we're going to take communion together. And um, the elements are right up here. And if you would consider yourself to be a, a Christ follower, you've committed yourself to the Lord, and you're submitting your life to Him, this is a sign of that. There's really no point to take communion if like, you wouldn't say that. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions because everybody else is, and, and that wouldn't be a good thing. We don't want to be guilty of that. So, if you consider yourself a believer, and you consider yourself not a perfect Christian, but one that's trying to submit daily to the leading of Jesus, then you definitely want to take part in communion. Um, and so, I have the elements up here. We'll play a song, and um, while we do communion time, Silent Night, and uh, you guys can line up. Take the elements, hold on to them, and then we'll take them together. Okay? But let's pray over the communion before we do it, and he'll cue up the song. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you for how much you love us, how good you are towards us, Lord, and how that has always been priority in your heart. And Father, sometimes we can lose sight of that. Sometimes we can lose sight of that because our own thoughts Sometimes we can lose sight of that because of other maybe bad Christian attitudes that don't deliver love. They just deliver legality and strictness and not healthy things. But Father, I thank you, Lord, how your thoughts towards us are good thoughts, Lord. I thank you that you made a way to forgive our sins as far as the east is from the west. I thank you, Lord, that your love, nothing can separate us from it. And Jesus, as we're about to take part in your supper, we thank you for your obedience and for your model that you have set for us. And we thank you that in your word it even says not only did you make a way, you're in heaven right now interceding for us. And we praise you and thank you for that. We just ask that you would just bless our time of communion right now. I pray that we would be able to get to a place, Lord, where we could be honest before you for putting things in the way and getting things in the way of freedom. Father, I pray that we would be honest with you and also with others. God, so we can help live a life, Lord. That will actually reflect the freedom that we've received. So, God, we love you and we thank you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your, your obedience and your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you could, yeah, just line up and take the elements and hold on to them, we'll take it together. It says, while they're eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. And so we take and we eat. It says, then he took the cup, gave thanks, so we give thanks. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us pray, Father, that love would invade our hearts. Not only will we consume it, help us to also be it, Father. And he offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So we take and drink. So if you please, uh, Uh, stand and then we're going to close in prayer together so I hope during Christmas time and I really hope you get a chance to get away and just ponder this stuff and like just be like with the father like not miss Christmas like and just be with him just be with him You know, Lord, speak to my heart on Christmas. Like, I just, you know, I want to see it as you see it. Or, God, just thank you. Thank you for how you blessed me, for how you made a way. You know, praying for other family members and stuff. But just, like, be with them. You know what I mean? Not even a laundry list. Like, just be with them and ponder this stuff and just think about it. It's the heart of the Christian life is just being able to be alone with our Father. And hopefully the other side is that we have been set free to be free. So, if you don't feel free, or you do feel trapped, or you do feel stuck in things, I'm hoping and praying and asking and pleading, please be as courageous as possible. And like... Talk with people about it. I would love to pray and talk with you about it, but get together with other men, other women. Talk about this stuff. Iron through it. Do whatever it takes. Because that free and overcoming life is something that the world knows nothing of. And that free and overcoming life that's filled with love, it's totally foreign in this world. And that's how people are supposed to know we're Christians. Not really by how many Bible verses that we know. But are we actually those verses that we memorize? Like, can we live it out? And if we're shooting ourselves in the foot all the time, it makes it real difficult. There's a lot of good, loving people here. No judgment zone. No judgment zone. God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for how you feel towards us, and we don't know exactly all of it, Lord, and we pray that you continue to reveal it to us, but we do know that your ways towards us, Lord, are good, that they're loving, and Father, they're also on your terms, and it's also your way. And so, Lord, within that love and goodness and grace, God, there is an expectation that it's your kingdom, your will, your way. And I pray, Lord, that if we struggle with that, that we would be honest about it, Lord, and confide in others, Lord, and certainly confess it to you. And Father, may we not be paralyzed by other things, God, but help us to continue to strive hard, Lord, after the things of you. And we just thank you for another Christmas here, Lord. We're we're here for another Christmas. No Christmas is guaranteed for us. So I pray, Lord, that we would be light, that we would be love, Lord. We just ask, Lord, for a blessing over each and every person here and the families and the people that will be traveling and going places, Lord. And may you... um, Soften hearts and minds that come around, that may come around us, so we can share your good news. So God, we just thank you for this morning, Lord. We love you, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so if you'd like some prayer, I'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, we've got a bunch of food downstairs and we need help eating it, so please help us eat it.